0: Today in history, in 1992, Eric Laws, while using a metal detector to search for a friend's lost hammer near Hoxney, Suffolk, England, discovers the Hoxney Hoard, the largest hoard of Roman silver and gold ever found in Britain, and the largest collection of 4th and 5th century coins found anywhere within the bounds of the former Roman Empire.
1: Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your hungry, hungry god king, Zachary, and you must give me all of your marbles as tribute.
0: My name's Megan, and tonight I will be both your storytelling MC, and I think I also hit the repeat button.
2: And I'm Matt... Today I learned that nobody knows who invented the fire hydrant because the building that held the patent was destroyed by a fire. Wow. By a fire? Yes, Zach.
0: By a fire. Okay. Okay. Fire time. I was hoping it was by mice. It would have been
2: fun if it was by mice, but unfortunately...
0: It would have been scary if it was by mice. It would have been scarier
2: if it was mice on fire. It, ooh! <laughs> oh my god! No. Like that one scene in Wanted. What? Anybody? No, Anybody no. I right got it? you. Curve the bullet. No. Okay, cool. Curve the bullet. <laughs> he lit a lot of rats I'm... on fire in that movie. He turned them into bombs. He didn't just light he them did, on fire. He did blow them up a oh. lot. He done did blow them up. I do love bombs. We do love rat bombs.
0: And now I'm on a list. <laughs>
2: Dan, a rat bomb king. Yeah, we're all on lists
0: the rat bomb king
2: all right friends with our strike counters set back to zero and a game of rock paper scissors having been played the order for tonight is me then zatch then megan
0: so matt thinks that the strike counters have been put back to zero but this is like mario party where you get star handicaps and he has a strike handicap how many strikes do i have just one you already have one why
2: one why one
0: Because if we put it to two, then it's too easy for you to be kicked off the podcast.
2: Oh, shit. You're right. I think think (laughs) moving forward, we will have to adjust the rules for strikes because it does seem counterintuitive for us. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. For us to kick someone off the podcast.
1: Think about it, though. (laughs) We have a lot of strikes because there are three strikes per batter, three batters, three outs per inning, and nine innings. So that's... Nine times nine is 81 strikes you got.
2: So be careful.
0: (laughs) You just did a lot of math and I didn't really, I'm not here for it. I do not stand it. I've got to be honest with you.
2: I don't know math. So we're just going to move on like that didn't happen. I was
1: about to say, Megan, I'm two beers deep so I can do math in my brain now. See, I drink a little bit and I get smart. I drink too much and I get really dumb.
2: I've witnessed the really dumb... Oh, boy, how do you have ya? <laughs> um, so I know since we share notes in a Google Drive that you both are at least a little familiar with Robert Liston, if not indeed, then at least in name. So, I think- my job now is to... Yes, Zach, please take the wind from my sails. <laughs> I, to- I didn't mean to literally just cut your sails. I was fucking building... <laughs> to a climax. But oh, so I just had I had an epiphany moment. I had a eureka. Yeah. Moment. Tell me about your epiphany.
1: My epiphany was the reason I always say <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, I think hey, I know that guy. Thing. Like that name sounds familiar. It's probably cuz I've looked at the fucking Is Google you doc. You look at
2: the drive at least like once. <laughs> the uh, doc. I've yeah. read the yeah. fucking email blast you sent. <laughs> I read the notes. So I'm going to educate you guys further and this is gonna this is gonna be a lot of uh just i'm just it's gonna be a lot of facts okay You face
1: are you sure you don't want to like uh facts build up a little bit fast. again you sure you don't want to get like those wheels no. spinning a little bit i know i cut you off i, I took the gas <sighs> out of your car
0: also i think because zach zach cut him off yeah like strike? so like at the knees
2: shit that's, that's a, strike. a strike for sure <laughs> it was a, a killing blow so yeah i'll take a strike
0: <laughs> so robert
2: liston was born on october 28th in the year of our lord night oh, no 1794 i had a little bit of dyslexia there
0: he was born at a time in a year. <laughs> definitely at a time and year. at a place uh
2: it also means that he and i share a birthday because i was also born oh, on october 28th so yeah i share i share a in birthday with this fucking guy um, he was born in Scotland and was the son of a preacher man. Yes, he was.
0: Oh, hell yeah. He starts
2: his life by being homeschooled and then further public schooled, and then he goes to the University of Edinburgh in 1808 to study medicine. Ah. In, in the year of our Lord mm. 1810, he becomes the assistant to Dr. John Barclay, and in 1816 he goes to London for a year to study. Or oh, Pipchirio. Pit-pit, cheerio <laughs> off your fucking pop on um, he returns to edinburgh to teach in the year of our lord 1818 he becomes the house surgeon for the royal infirmary of edinburgh oh. and in 1820 he Gets married. Oh, Yay! So nice, right? <laughs> what a normal boy. <laughs> yeah, well, at least this right, guy's, guy's not fucking, like, eating people and abusing his stepkids or
0: whatever. Hey. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. Different strokes. <laughs> for
2: different folks. In 1822, he gets dismissed from the Royal Infirmary for disagreements with the senior doctor there. Uh, he gets oh. reinstated in the year of our Lord 1827, and in 1828, he's promoted mm-hmm. to operating surgeon. Hell yeah.
0: Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> Started
2: from the bottom, now very quickly, because I talk quite fast, we're here. He applies to be a teacher in the year of our Lord 1833, and when he fails to get that position, he relocates to London. Pip, pip. Yeah. Cheerio. We're
0: dreams. London, where dreams go to die. I I'm pretty sure dreams
2: goes. go to die in Florida. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's where people go no, to die. No, yes. Speaking but of Florida. Also
2: dreams. No. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Florida. Tell us about our good, good sponsors. I was going to say,
1: speaking of Florida, uh, segues are fun. Um, This
2: is the first time that we've ever had an ad read literally in the middle of someone's story, but I'm so (laughs) happy that it's mine. Can I I get my strike back? Because that was a good segue. (laughs) No, because you're literally interrupting my story to tell me about the <laughs> fucking sponsor of All right. the podcast, but please, go ahead.
1: Dear listeners, pardon, yeah, I, pardon my interruption, ahead. but I'd like to talk about our Florida friends, Death Roll Apparel. Uh, Death Roll Apparel is a satanic, unapologetic, in-your-face clothing company that uh, is really fucking cool, parties hard, and kicks ass. Uh, they are, as I said, Florida bred. Florida Raised. I don't know Florida Raised. I'm going to cut that part. Florida, Florida Bread. Florida Bread. Florida. They. But uh, yeah, so they have some really great uh, t-shirts. The one that I'm loving right now is the one that says, I won't go down in history, but I will go down on your dad. Fuck yeah.
0: Dude, I love that one love so much. Love it so much. much. Um so But yeah, if
1: you go on to deathrollapparel.com and you use our promo code WTFPOD, you're going to get 15% off whatever you grab there. And again, they got some really nice t-shirts, some really fun, a uh, little bit of gritty t-shirts, I'm going to say. I love it. Uh, and they're gritty. also really comfortable. My Junkyard Dog t-shirt that I have from them is extremely comfortable, and I wear it at least once a week.
2: I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I would prefer if they made shirts for bigger boys, because I myself am a bigger boy, and I find that I can't fit into any of their shirts. Well, I mean the the history one I would be able to fit into, and the one that I have, which is the Satan is my rock shirt. Uh, they're both, you know, they'd they'd fit me, but they'd be snug.
1: Well, that's because you're just 100% all-American beef, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And now I've taken up enough time in your story. I'm going to let you finish. Kanye, mic drop. Tell
0: me more about
2: Sir Robert. Sir, you think this man was knighted? Well, let me get to the rest of my story. Um, so that was a lot of information very fast, all for me to tell you that Robert Liston is a surgeon. Yay! Now, somebody very rudely texted me in the middle of my story, so I'm going to focus on that for two seconds because I have the attention span of a fish! (laughs) Um, so he's a surgeon, and it wouldn't be what-the-fuck history worthy if there wasn't something more interesting about this man. And the more interesting about this man is that During his time as a surgeon, a fellow medical practitioner turned writer named Robert Gordon described Liston as the fastest knife in the West End. Holy fuck!
1: The fastest.
2: He's just (laughs) the tumbleweeds go by. (laughs) Get
1: on down here on my operating table you're going to make sure that surgery's done do- good and it's done quick because I'm the fastest knife in the West. In the West.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just imagining that he has a every, holster every, for everything his scalpel. About
2: that, everything about that, just British cowboys that are like, pip, pip, cheerio, Wait, I let, need a surgery really fast. Let, let, me, let me try that again real quick. Oh, God. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you will now be treated to Zach's rendition of a British cowboy. Good day, Do mate.
1: How you doing? Hey, I need Fuck. to get... This.
2: <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't he starts back in Australia's... <laughs> Um, so that was, yeah, that please, was a short, short-lived segment. Pit, pit, cheerio, I, baby. Uh, I can't, I can't. The cheerio cheerio, baby. baby. Cheerio, darling. So he... Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon goes further on to state that Liston, and this is the part that's going to perk up, uh, your ears, uh, if not other parts of you, could amputate a leg in two and a half minutes. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, that is the he's... fastest <laughs> knife in the West End, huh? This dude was speed running actual surgeries. <laughs> what a man. It's not like uh, speed running fucking the VR surgeon simulator. He was doing this on real people. And two further elaborate, Gordon described Liston like this in his writing. He was six foot two and operated in a bottle green coat with Wellington boots. He sprung across the blood-stained boards upon his swooning, sweating, strapped down patient like a duelist, calling, Time me, gentlemen! Time me! To students craning with pocket watches from the iron railinged galleries, Everyone swore that the the first flash of his knife was followed so swiftly by the rasp of saw on bone that sight and sound seemed simultaneous. To free both hands, he would clasp the bloody knife between his teeth. This guy's badass. Yeah, a little bit. But if the idea of a surgery taking only 2.5 minutes frightens you... Ah, uh, then let me remind you that these are during the days where surgery was done without the aid of any anesthetic. Oh no, I'm really frightened. I am also very frightened.
0: Yeah, like you want a surgeon that's really fast or you just want to <laughs> pass out, I guess, if they're really slow. Yeah,
2: or you just want to die of the blood loss.
0: Amen, maybe, brother. Maybe it's <sighs> t- maybe that's it's better.
2: probably better. I like living. Thank um, you. Fast surgeries in these days were beneficial in the regard that it reduced pain because, like, the quicker that you're in and out, the quicker, you know, you're not feeling the excruciating pain of someone sawing through your leg nerves. Mm. Um, and uh, it also increased the chance of a patient's survival because, you know, if you're going quickly, well, based on the writing there, you're less susceptible to diseases, uh, as well as, you know, blood loss, massive blood loss. I don't know. The guy had a knife between his mouth. I don't know how sanitary that can fucking be. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the most sanitary it's ever been. I'm just... Much like a dog. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Zach. Gordon accurately uh, described just how messy surgical rooms were because our vast knowledge of germs wasn't as vast back then. Rah. The thing that I'm here to tell you, though, to accentuate the point about Mm -hmm. how dangerous surgery was back then, I am going to tell you a story about the fastest surgery ever performed! Robert Liston removed a limb from his patient in an astounding 28 seconds. What? Astounding. Astounding. Astounding! Twenty-eight seconds. Consider and me astounding. So doing, Honestly, in so doing, he also removed three fingers from his surgical assistant.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but that's great. Okay, well,
2: no, like it's it's a good. They were time. in the way. So... Um, but I also need to mention that it was common practice in those times to have a gallery of spectators. Uh, yeah, and in. In removing this limb... (laughs) (laughs) I'm having strokes. (laughs) I'm having strokes, baby. Uh, In removing this limb in 28 seconds, one of the spectators died of shock. Oh.
0: Okay, well, stop being a puss. Get out of the kitchen. Yeah, if you can't stand the 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 heat, get out
2: of the surgical operating uh, gallery.
0: Theater. Yeah, like, why are you here? It's
2: also important to note that because of the germs... The, the patient who had the limb r- removed died. Uh, and the assistant who had their fingers unwillingly removed also died from sepsis. Both the patient and the okay. assistant died from sepsis. Jeez, which the... led What's to it? this surgery being the only recorded surgery with a 300% mortality rate. <laughs> I was about to say, this guy's KD yeah. ratio is off the charts. Yeah. He definitely got a fucking airstrike for that. <laughs> I do you uh, think,
0: um, do you think he got written up? Uh, like,
2: <laughs> by his do, I would absolutely love like, to believe that he got written up um, on this.
0: Written up, like he got brought in for a performance review, and they're like, "Hey, Robert, hey, we, we got to discuss something." My guys, you, he was but, the chief
1: surgeon. What is he gonna do? Write yeah. himself up?
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. I don't know. Like, who's above the chief surgeon? Like the the hospital administrator? God himself. God himself.
2: He just mm-hmm. he just saw his opportunity to to be great and he took it. Along he, with he he, it. along with three fingers <laughs> and the life of a spectator.
0: <laughs> along with a man's life. With three um, men's yeah.
2: lives. Well, I think the one so... I think the one in the crowd was a woman. Well, three people's lives. Three people. That's but <laughs> yeah. it's
0: just like actual rip.
2: Uh, I'm trying to do a little bit more research, and I know that now is not, like, the greatest, uh, the greatest time to do it, but... I'm you, trying to see, I'm trying to see if there was any sort of committee... I mean, we can keep this part in if we want. Uh... I'm trying to see if there was any sort of, you know fucking repercussions for his actions Re- yeah that repercussions
0: so i actually read a really cool book uh, about and robert uh listen was in it and but he was more at the beginning of the book because um it was about the like propagation of germ theory yeah and coming up with antiseptics and yeah and Robert Liston was sort of used as a reasoning for, hey, um, surgical theaters are gross, and like you shouldn't have to be very fast at surgery. You should just be good at it and have the time that you need to make sure that the job is done right. But the only way that we can do this is if the theater is clean, and the way that we make the theater clean is that we fucking clean it.
2: So... This is a list, and as I mentioned, Richard Gordon, or did I say Richard Gordon or Robert? Robert. I think I've been calling him Robert Gordon. Uh, his name was Richard Gordon, my apologies. I corrected myself in the fucking story that I'm presenting, so you guys don't even have to at me in the comments, because I fucking did it for you. Um, this is sort of just like a list of some of his famous cases. Removal in four minutes of a forty-five-pound scrotal tumor, whose owner okay. had to carry it around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> he amputated a leg in two and a half minutes, as I mentioned. But I guess the part that I failed to mention was that, in his enthusiasm, he also removed uh, the patient's testicles. <laughs> um, excuse me,
0: just all of them.
2: and just all of them. Y- the, Yes, of of the two that he had, I believe he took both of them. All of yeah. them.
0: He took all of um, them. I'm
1: assuming malpractice suits weren't a thing back then, but okay. And then,
0: Oh, of course not, when it's all malpractice. And then obviously
2: his most famous case being that he amputated a leg in under two and a half minutes, which would be 28 seconds. Um, he amputated, in addition, the fingers of his young assistant, who died afterwards in the ward from gangrene. He also slashed through the coattails of a distinguished surgical spectator who was so terrified that the knife had pierced his vitals, he fainted from fright and was later to discovered to have died from shock. <sighs> but I guess the thing that's worth mentioning is that Richard Gordon, who has written a book about Liston, is kind of a Procopius... Oh, in boy. that he sort of there's I mean, there's no disputing the fact that this guy tried to go quickly like other people have also mentioned that he tried to be very quick. And and, you know, like his whole personality was kind of quick and to the point. um But I think uh, there there's a, a good chance that there there might be some some leeway. Got it. Might be uh, applied here
0: grain of salt Pip Pip Cheerio Fuck No, I can Zach, can you can you do the voice? Yeah oh. do the
1: voice, Zach. My name's Doctor Lister, and I'm the fastest knife in the West End. I might take a finger or two or maybe make you faint so hard you kill you die. You shuffle off this mortal coil, friend. <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: good day.
2: Okay. Oh, good day. I fucking love it. I fucking love it cuz it doesn't make any
0: sense at all.
2: Um, but yeah, that's my story about Robert Liston the man who fucking cut off
0: the man the, the, myth. Man,
2: the myth the legend the who knife. cut off testicles and legs. I uh, I'm all covered in stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons. I'm all
1: covered in blood. I got to go wash off in the loo.
2: Have
0: in
1: you know, the have water ever... closet.
2: <laughs> Have you guys?
0: (laughs) I don't think they were washing off, dude. I think they just like. Have you
2: guys ever played um, Borderlands? Yes. You know Mm Doctor Zed. Yes. Okay, Doctor Zed reminds me of what this man must have looked like, with like blood like spattered all over his smock and everything. Anyways, I think it's a really funny story about how a man who's six foot two just ran around cutting off limbs and testicles.
1: I love it, but also when you said Borderlands, all I can think of when I hear Borderlands is
2: poop train. Okay. Now, speaking <laughs> of poop trains, Zach's going to tell us his story, and
1: this one's a shit show. Woo! <laughs> 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 strike
2: two. Stop Sorry. it. Sorry, it's strike two.
1: Ladies, gentlemen,
0: ladies. <laughs>
2: he skips the fact that he's got two
0: strikes. I'm ignoring it. Straight into yeah, right. <laughs> he goes straight into the It's ladies. like that one guy who
1: thought he could uh convince if, if he didn't tell his child that death existed his child would live forever. I'm going to do the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, fair. Okay. Ladies. It's a little late, but
1: non-binary folks and all of you space horrors hiding out in your skin suits. Woo. Tonight I am talking about one of my favorite subjects.
0: World War 2? No,
1: that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's specifically matt's but tonight I'm talking about. Oh,
0: I'm sorry.
1: Meat. Oh,
2: me. Sorry, vegans. This episode is not for, for you, uh, or it is well, because we already had one. Yeah, no, Pissing off Peta. So we pissed off we Peta, can, so this one can safe. go up against the vegans. Not
1: only that, but so technically, you're not consuming PETA. anything other than auditory mediums. So I guess we're not, you know, doing any wrong here. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. That you know of. I... Hey. I know. (laughs) I'm not even eating.
0: Hey. That's fair. I'm not even eating, and the two other people on this podcast never eat.
1: Yeah, you you two were the, you know, space horrors hiding in skin suits I was referring to. Oh,
2: I thought she was talking about... You and her, because you are the eldritch abominations that inhabited my friends.
1: Oh yes, sorry.
0: Uh, we didn't want to tell you.
1: <laughs> you weren't you supposed mean? to know. What do you
2: mean you didn't want to tell me? I fucking named you.
0: <laughs> it's so cute when he thinks that he has autonomy. Uh, I don't like the mind hole that I'm going down.
1: Well, then let me take you back into my mind hole where I have yeah, researched something tell me truly more about terrible. Your meat.
0: I don't want to hear about the meat or the mind holes. The holes are so, too much.
1: Well, no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Uh, the same cannot be said when we come to the fucking weirdos in the early 1900s of America. Or rather, they were uh, much less delicate about it all than we are. Because meat was back on the menu, boys, and it came from some very weird places.
2: Has anyone ever pondered how weird that phrase alone kind of is? Yes. given that it's in a middle... Middle... Like, a Middle Ages setting, and, like, they probably didn't have menus.
1: Yeah, like, my whole thing is, like, what, did, you, did the orcs go to a five-star Michelin's restaurant, like, before yeah. they started shopping? Anyway, and this is a whole tangent I could go off on forever. <laughs> now, I do know that this meat-tacular episode is coming off the back of our Halloween special about schmanibalism.
2: Schmanibals!
1: And this isn't to undercut that in any way, so hold tight.
2: Wait, this is the one that's coming directly after the Schmanable episode? Yeah. No, well... I thought, um, we had, I thought we had more in the bank than that. We do
1: have more in the bank than that, but we're recording right after the Schmanableism episode comes out.
2: Okay, well that's also fair.
1: In the words of the Doctor, time is wibbly-wobbly. Time is wibbly-wobbly. So, my tale this evening begins in the beginning of the 20th century, where the United States is seeing an influx of immigration, high density and overpopulation in cities, and overgrazed land, which causes the mark- meat market to, well, have a lot of problems, because prices of meat are skyrocketing because there's not enough meat to go around. The newspapers, in fact, called this whole debacle and how to solve it, and I quote, the great meat question.
2: Mm. It's gross, but it's accurate. So uh, these... That's what they called me in high school. The great meat question? No, gross but accurate. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Oh I would have preferred the Greek. I don't know about that. <laughs> no. There's a lot of
1: phrases I'm gonna be saying tonight that make me very uncomfortable.
0: Please get to them. I want to hear
1: that. So two knuckleheads by the names of Frederick Russell Burnham and Fritz I'm gonna butcher this, but I'm gonna try. Dusken.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, that sounds right. Dukentz.
1: Dukentz. D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. Dukentz. I'm gonna do go with that. So, Knucklehead 1, Frederick Russell Burnham, and Knucklehead 2, Fritz Dukentz, were determined to solve the Wondrous Meat Equation. And they thought they had the solution. Uh, Listeners at home, do you have any guesses? Hi,
2: I'm a listener from Arizona. Um...
0: Okay, my, that's not how they, why do you sound like I guess? don't
2: know, just let me get over the bit. Uh, my guess is spiders.
0: No,
1: I probably should have called Steve, because then we could have had a listener from Arizona actually try to guess the question,
2: but we can't do that Ooh, now. We could, we could do that now. Hang on, I have his number. <laughs> Alright, we're getting Steve on the line. Hello? Hey, Steve. uh, Since we talk about you on the podcast all the time, um, Zach mentioned listeners. And since I had your number, I figured I'd give you a call. Zach, ask me the question that I need to ask Steve. Uh, Frederick Burnham and his partner Fritz were
1: determined to solve the meat crisis in the early 1900s. What meat were they going to choose in order to solve it?
2: So these two idiots were gonna import meat to solve a crisis uh, where we were lacking meat. Can you tell me your best guess, like off the top of your head, what you think the meat they were thinking of was? Uh,
1: importing importing meat to solve a crisis. Yeah,
2: a lack uh, of meat crisis. Uh, horse horse meat. Ooh. Okay, we're going we're gonna to splice this into the podcast, and uh, thanks for your guess. You'll have to listen to the episode to see if you were right or wrong. Oh, boy. I can't wait. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Oh. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
2: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Love that boy. (laughs) Love that boy.
0: So he said, horse.
1: "Horse." uh horse meat would have been a good one. Okay. Horse meat would have been a good one, but it's not right. But anyway, dear listeners at home, if you guessed hippo meat, well, then you'd be darn right on the money. Why? Oh, okay. Why
0: hippos?
1: Well, oh, we're gonna get to that. They're
0: like harder wow. to get. I feel like they're harder to get a hold of than like regular. But, but meat. also
1: more meat. But more meat. We're gonna so. get to it. So, okay. that's right, as I said. The mad lads suggested that we start stop slaughtering our bovine brethren in favor of their more portly animal relative, albeit a distant relative. Even better was that when, other than what these wild men wanted to do with this insane meat agenda, was the fact that they, how they knew each other. Because these two men knew each other because they were both spies...
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot. What? The network. What the fuck?
1: And apparently, they were enemy spies.
0: Mm, yes, oh my god, yes. Spiver's
2: spy. At one point, they both had kill orders on each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. The greatest love story ever told. It's
2: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but... With hippos involved. With real-life hungry, hungry hippos. Side
1: note, Burnham would later inspire, be the inspiration, rather, for Indiana Jones and
2: the Boy Scouts... Oh, that needs I to be verse. a story on a different day. Because yes. If you don't, if you don't mention any resolution to that statement, boy, we're fighting.
1: Boy howdy, and his compatriot dust, dus- dunks, dunks, not dunks. Guess. <laughs> you,
2: you've already <laughs> forgot. Call him Dunks from now on. Let's just move. on. Dunks.
1: No, I'm just going to call him by his first name, Fritz, because it's terrible, Fritz. So well. Burnham would be the inspiration for Indiana Jones and the Boy Scouts. Fritz was more of a... he was Well, he was a con man and a sleaze. The dude faked his own death. A sleaze. He faked his own death? He faked his own death in order to get away and then ended up defecting to America and a then defecting spy. to Germany and then getting jailed for 19 years. They, these guys are both insane and I can do stories on both of them later.
2: This is amazing.
1: So this one's a bit of a beef weird one. So, mm. Matt, though, to answer your question... Uh, Or at least, you know, to question along with you, why the fuck hippos?
2: Well, I think more accurately, my question should have been, how the fuck hippos?
1: That's that's imports and exports, baby. Capitalism, baby. <laughs> big, big boats, baby.
0: I don't... It just, like, it big, does not big, make big sense. Like, it's like, hey, people really like chicken here, but, like, I don't know. I don't feel like eating chicken. Do you want to make this more complicated by go find a mm, meerkat?
1: Nope, nope. We're going to get to that, too. Don't you worry. <sighs> because...
0: The when
1: Burnham was actually asked the reasoning about hippos, his reasoning was, why the fuck not?
2: Because, ah, after
1: all, Europeans imported just about everything else that we ate when it came to the Americas, so again, why the fuck not? This leads to a whole bunch of conversation surrounding this insane proposal, which he, the idea included uh, a chime in from William Newton Irwin, who was a USDA researcher at the time, who said, and I quote... Nobody ate hippopotamus because nobody ever told them it was the proper thing to do. The discourse gains a lot of attention, including the attention of Robert Broussard, who was a Louisiana congressman. Robert Broussard, who is, again, this Louisiana congressman, his interests are not only helping to solve the meat crisis, but the fact that at the time, Louisiana had a big, big problem because they were battling the overgrowth of hyacinth that a japanese delegate brought over in 1884 which was now basically taking over the bayous of louisiana and killing off the native fish population damn that flower can grow y'all yeah.
0: damn that flower so can his grow. idea
1: was let's combat one invasive species with a possibly second invasive species by just getting hippos to mm-hmm. eat all the flowers
0: that's always worked historically
2: so the little old lady who swallowed a fr- fly
0: yeah
1: exactly
2: Just on a global scale.
1: These three chuckle fucks came together and started the New Food Supply Society and pitched this idea to Congress.
0: Hashtag LLC. Hashtag Girlboss. Which Congress considered heavily.
2: Congress considered importing hippos? HR
1: 23261, also known as the Hippo Bill, was introduced and wanted to appropriate... $250,000 $250,000 to import, quote, and I unquote, important useful animals. This Can included hippos. The fact
2: that $250,000 seems like a really low number. <laughs> so, okay, here, ready? I didn't
1: do the math, but I'm going to just, I'm, I'm, again, we're, I'm going to do a lot of editing for this episode anyway. So we're just going to inflation yeah. calculator right now. So the bill was declined in 1910. Spoiler alert. Um,
0: spoiler alert. They said they, no. Spoiler alert.
1: They said no. So twenty two hundred fifty thousand one two three. one, calculate would be $6,984,570.71 in today's money. Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: For a second, I thought you were going to say the inflation rate population. If you inflate
1: a hippo, it's now worth about $7 million. But yeah. So basically, in today's money, they wanted to accumulate $7 million to import important animals, most of which were hippos, and let them mate and then be like, Mmm, yes, meat supply of hippos! That was my 1920s voice. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs)
0: And.
1: The worst, but also best part about this, the people were on board. People wrote letters to Congress in favor of this whole proposition. The fucking New York Times ran an article about how hippo meat tasted. They called it Lake Cow Bacon. A set of words I never thought I'd hear together, and now that I have, I never want to again. Lake cow bacon. Lake huh? cow bacon. Ugh, it sounds disgusting in my mouth. It feels uh, yeah. disgusting in my mouth.
2: I feel like that would be the equivalent of sea cow bacon, which would just be like manatee. Manatee, manatee. is the hippo of the sea. So, yes, is that indeed. is sea cow bacon.
0: Sea cow bacon. Lake cow bacon. Honestly, though, if they just like told people it was all organic and then they charged like a hundred dollars a steak, people would definitely.
2: Soylent Green is made from people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can buy ostrich steaks, and they're pretty good. I've had them. Anyway, wow, shit.
2: Now we
1: know this did not work out. I gave a spoiler earlier, but also we can't go to the grocery store and buy ourselves a nice hippo flank steak, much to my Why chagrin. Not? but the bill did end up failing in congress in 1910 in favor of uh, other bills that would later go on to drain the wetlands to make more grazing areas and make feedlots over favor of main grain graze lands so basically we can blame all the hippo shamers for killing the land fuck you where's my hippo steak and i'm ending on that
2: well we did a lot in that yeah. Also, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to our boy Steve, uh, who lives in Arizona and was nice enough to pick up our phone call. Hell yeah. He's also the one that we mention a million times on this podcast when we're talking about like, so we all play D&D, Steve is the one that will correct us when we say things incorrectly. Fucking love that
0: boy. I know. He's such a hero He's honestly sometimes.
2: one of my best friends from high school, so... He's a good, he's a good, good boy. Um, But that story was great. I think that.
0: I think one of my favorite things about like really ridiculous stories in the United States is that like, you'll think that Congress would say, no, that's ridiculous. But then it's like, no, they can. Yeah, I think
2: that's probably what surprised me the most, too, is that like, Zach said they brought it to Congress. And I was like, and of course, Congress said no. And then Zach went on to say, and Congress thought about
0: it. And Congress heavily considered. They considered the hippo, the hippo solution, more than they considered um, canceling students. They ad. considered
1: the hippo solution yeah. more than they canceled the ramifications of destroying the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, they did. They actually did. So, yeah, I am adding you, Congress. You can. Um, fight me. You can add You me can add fight us. me. <laughs> add us, Congress. You can fight me. Let's
2: get into a Twitter war with all of Congress. Oh, hell yeah. No. Unacceptable. (laughs) Fine. All right. Well, Zach did a lot of fucking work for that one. Audience, you honestly will never know how much of a nightmare Zach's own segment was for him in editing. But (laughs) to take some pain off Zach's shoulders, we are now going to toss it to the Abyssal Princess herself, Meg Han.
0: Yeah, I think this will be pretty straightforward for us. Yeah, sure. For us, which um, says a lot. I do. You guys want to know what love is? The title that I came. Oh. No, I don't care. <laughs> I want to know. What uh, love do you guys want to hear the title that I came? Up oh with? yes.
1: Oh yes.
2: Oh yeah. No, I love this segment now, where we just get to hear <laughs> Megan's. Ever since last last <laughs> recorded podcast, where we did what was it? Einstein's brain. Mm -hmm. and his wacky adventure
0: Einstein's brain's big adventure
2: I love that you tell Mm -hmm. us the title of your segments
0: the thing is I've been doing this like the whole time no I know we
2: should retro well no we can't retroactively do it but we should do this moving forward where you just tell us what your notes are are labeled as because it's I love it
0: (laughs) so I named this one the real housewives of Hansel and Gretel
2: nice I know nothing. See, what I love about that is that I know nothing about what's (laughs) coming next. Like, last time, I could get a sense of what might be coming, but this time, I've got no inkling.
0: No clue. So let's fucking pop off. So we're gonna pop off. So I really like stories. I work in a library, and I'm also in the process of editing a book, which is shameful self-promotion, I know, but there it is. Uh, the point is that they're a way for humanity to pass down information and to you know, make us reflect on things that are really terrible that um, we don't really want to tell in the first person because it's too hard. So, bear with me tonight, because this will be a little bit of historical literary analysis that we're going to be embarking on as we talk about a story that has been with us for quite some time, and I think you all know it. Um, It's Hansel and Gretel.
2: Okay. I had had no idea that that would be the story based on the title of your...
0: (laughs) No, I'm actually going with Hansel and Gretel. So I think we all know the story, but for those of us that need to be reminded, a version of Hansel and Gretel goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a poor woodcutter who lived with his wife, the stepmother of his two children. They were starving because it was a famine. And one night, the wife whispered to her husband, hey, we should eat our kids. Oh my god.
2: Hey, audience. (laughs) Hey, audience. Quick aside. I'm going to pull you over here for just a second. Audience did you know that that weird that was where that was going because like i didn't we did the cannibal episode why is she here with more cannibalism okay <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna go back more. we're gonna go back to the podcast now but i just wanted to pull you over here and see like did that blindside you too because it oh, who am i right wow more cannibalism megan
0: Crazy, more cannibalism. I know. We haven't done it in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you.
1: (laughs) That's my sentiment. Fuck you.
2: Love that for us.
0: So she was like, hey, we should eat our kids. And we can always have more. More um, meat. To what she said. Can I
2: just say that I absolutely (laughs) thought that you were just going to read us fucking (laughs) Hansel and Gretel. And then be like, this is how my story is different.
0: No, this No, is, but you, I you made it you very story. well
2: known how your story was different.
0: Yeah, the real story. Yeah. Anyway, so he she was like, we can always have more kids. And he said, um, what the fuck? No, I'm not going to eat these kids. And then she said, well, it would be more of a kindness to the children, because if we, the parents die, then the kids have no chance. And... If they didn't eat them, or at least get rid of them, then someone was going to die either way. So after she had explained, the father wept, because he could see her logic. They both agreed that since they couldn't bring themselves to hurt the kids, then they would abandon them in the woods. What they didn't know was that Hansel was awake, and he had heard the whole story. So he filled
2: his pockets. Are the kids actually Hmm? named Hansel and Gretel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Dope.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hansel filled his pockets with rocks and left a trail of them to find their way back home. Then the parents tried to abandon them again in the next few days. They gave each child a piece of stale bread, and though they dropped them the breadcrumbs to find their way back home, they found that crows had eaten them. And finally, they were lost. Not so
2: great As they stumbled plan, through plan, the... was it? Hansel yeah, and Gretel. it wasn't
0: a great plan. The breadcrumb thing wasn't a stellar idea, but it was an idea, and they were like, "Let's children, be honest." So. It,
2: I mean, first of all, they were only following in the in the the guidance of their namesake, correct? But no,
0: this is actual a- Hansel and yeah, Gretel. Yeah,
2: actual human Hansel and Gretel yeah. that were named after Hansel and Gretel, the fucking
0: <laughs> characters. I'd imagine. These are the characters, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: So what I'm saying is that they're they're just doing what they were taught by Matt, fairy tales. Matt. Yeah. The what? fairy
1: tale came after these kids.
2: No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It
2: happened before. Yeah. Wait. No. 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 I'm so confused. My timeline, my inner head timeline just broke because I thought this happened. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Edit this part out too because I look like a complete dunce. <laughs> but. Why? Wait. So then, my confusion so then is the how actual... the how the breadcrumbs actually work in the fairy tale, or does it only work in the fairy tale because so it's they, a fairy tale?
0: They don't they work don't in the fairy tale. Fairy tale. Is the thing. they don't? They have no. Always, no, they've always they've not always not worked. Been it, it has been
2: a while yeah. since I've listened to Hansel and Gretel <laughs> or watched or.
0: Yeah, so they always were eaten, and that's how they end up getting to the oh, witch's house. That's they right, stumble because around they the get woods, lost. and got it, got it, got it, got they it. They get lost, guys. Yeah,
2: guys. I'm gonna give myself a strike here, and I'm just gonna walk away from the podcast now.
1: <laughs> oh my no, God. no! Don't do that. Stay, please. No, no I no stay. No, well, okay, you're right. I
0: guess I'll. I guess I stay. So. Uh, they they did get to the witch's house, and it is, in the story, it is made out of gingerbread and candies, which is wild, considering it's a famine. This is the most food that they've seen in a really long time. But the witch is evil, and she traps Hansel in a cage, and she made Gretel her slave. But when the oven was warming up so she could eat Hansel, Gretel pushes her into the fire and kills her. Yeah. We all know this part of the story. The children gather up the witch's treasure and they find their way back home to find that their stepmother has died and they live happily ever after with their father. So, essentially, why am I telling you this? Like, what does this have to do with, like, what the fuck history? Yeah, tell
2: me... me. What it has to do. I'm sitting in a corner right now because I fully yeah, shamed you, myself yeah. in a now edited part of this podcast.
0: <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So, Hansel and Kretel ultimately is not a long story, but by the time the Brothers Grimm found it and wrote it down in 1812, it had been around for a really long time. Okay. Yeah. And it dates, it does. It. Like, they found all their stories that were oral traditions and they passed them down, but specifically Hansel and Gretel dates back to the Great Famine of 1314 to 1322, when crop failure and mass starvation devastated parts of Europe. Um, Do you want to take a guess of how much it, what percentage it killed of the European population? I was going to make
2: a bad joke. No, I can't because I'm on two strikes.
0: (laughs) That's true. Well give me give me a guess what a, a percentage. Guess of, it doesn't have guess to be a percentages.
2: Um for a famine?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for how many people did the famine kill?
2: Uh came? sixty-five.
0: A couple okay. thou. That's a good guess. A couple, a couple thou couple thou? Alright. So sixty
2: five percent of the peoples.
0: Sixty five percent of the people. How much would that be? Zach says a cup of thou. So essentially it killed twenty five percent of so the I was European way population. T- way too high. I mean, it's still a lot. It's still a lot it's of people. It's a good amount of people. Um, and also, this kind of paves the way for the devastation of the Black Plague. Yeah, when your populations are starving, you you don't have good immune systems. Yes. Uh, so during the famine, old people chose to starve to death to allow the young to live. They just stopped eating and died voluntarily. This is not a fun story.
2: None of your Parents, stories ever
0: are. That's fine. Um, parents were encouraged to sacrifice their young children for themselves and to eat them. Uh, again, we can always have more was the mentality.
2: I feel like in other stories of yours, this has been a mentality that people have, have mentioned.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I feel like in the past, there has always been this, like, thought that, While children are important for the future, while they are children, they are expendable, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. But some parents couldn't bring themselves to eat their kids, just like the parents in Hazel and Gretel, so they abandoned them in the woods. Okay. However, there were people who did make that decision. And who knew that they could go find food in the woods in the form of small abandoned bodies?:
2: Oh my and fucking God, and
0: these were the witches
2: I, can't, I hey, I'm just gonna give myself a strike, and i'm gonna I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nope, you can't do that. We only give part, strikes.
0: God damn you can't give yeah, yourself a strike. The worst part about the witches. Is that for many of the surviving people in europe today Mm -hmm. they are their ancestors Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: they made the hard can we talk about the fact that the
2: the real worst part about the witches is that they ate people
0: i mean they did what they had to to
2: survive dude like i get that i do but at the same
0: time yuck
2: Yuck. I am here to Yucky. yuck these people in particular's yums. Yeah. yeah no. These people's yums deserve to be yucked.
0: So while there was no gingerbread house, it is argued that it could have been a mirage of the dying children in the woods. And um, I don't know why you would dream of gingerbread when it's arguably the worst it bread. It is the worst but... bread.
2: Aside from pumpernickel. Yeah. Um. Excuse me.
0: I don't think I've don't ever Don't shit pumpernickel. on pumpernickel,
2: first off. I didn't shit on pumpernickel. I'm just saying it's the worst bread.
0: Don't at me. It is the worst. It is the worst <sighs> bread if we're being honest. Both of you
1: deserve a strike, but I don't think I can dish one out for Listen.
0: that. Listen. All right, we're not done with the sad story yet because there is one oh, final geez. thing. Oh jeez. Uh, oh jeez. The other part of the story of Hansel and Gretel that is skewed is that it wasn't their stepmother. It... Um, in 1812 the brother the Grimm brothers said that it was their actual mother and that they never intended children for children to read the story. Oh after they realized that kids were getting their hands on it, they changed the stories in general to be slightly softer. So they put buffers in place to make history a little bit more. The bearable. interesting
2: thing about the Brothers Grimm is that most of the stories that they transcribed were oral in nature. Like these were just passed down yeah. from generation to generation. I think yeah. in future, in a future podcast, I might actually do like a whole bit about the Brothers Grimm and what their stories were and what they are now, or you know, it might be fun. I if, think you
0: definitely if should. all of us do. It's a good idea.
2: Yeah, we could all of us do one story Grimm Brothers episode. Because I well, mean, their I stories this were one was pretty was kind of
0: up. interesting. Like i I had read Hansel and Gretel when I was little. It wasn't my favorite story, um, but I've been seeing that there's been sort of a Resurrection or like a retelling of it through a bunch of movies that have been coming out, and I'm like, Oh, interesting. So, did you happen
2: to see the one with Jeremy Renner? No, so there was a recent movie with Jeremy. Well, not recent, it was probably like 2013 or 2014, maybe not even that far back. Um, but Hansel and Gretel then become like witch hunters after they've killed the witch in the woods. Um, um, however, because of all the candy they had to eat, Hansel has diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> that just undercuts so like, the action movie part of that so So, much. like, Jeremy Renner, there's, like, this whole scene where these kids from Middle England then have to explain years before diabetes is ever introduced. Like, they just say, oh yeah, he takes this. Like, he injects himself with this and makes himself better oh,
0: yeah and then he's cured yeah
2: not not I, like better I, better,
0: but be, not better he better. does have to um, do it multiple times in the film have you guys seen or read uh the book called night night books no so they made a movie out of it and that's essentially like a retelling of hansel and gretel where like the original gretel um traps the wish and she harvests her for magic and becomes the new oh, witch. Oh jeez. Yeah. So I wanted to tell it. I thought it was interesting. But I understand that we did end on a sad note. I probably should have uh let you in on Well, then it. Megan.
2: Let me do something that we haven't done in a while.
0: Yeah. I'm going to fire
2: on. up the Ford Tacoma.
0: Yeah, go on. And we're
2: going to go back to the beginning of the episode. Everybody ready?
0: Going back. In
2: time So the crazy thing that happened this this whole money situation. These men found money. You're horde. talking
0: about? Yeah, the Hawksney. Yeah, the
2: Hawksney horde. Tell me more about this.
0: The Hawksney horde. So, um, do we want to spill the beans here?
2: uh no, no. Let them figure no. it out for no.
0: themselves. We'll let them figure it out. Themselves. Only the hardcore
2: people will know. This one's for you, Justin. <laughs> yeah.
0: This one's for you.
2: <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding, friends. We hopped in the Ford Tacoma to go back to the beginning of the episode, uh, for absolutely no reason. But we hadn't used it in a while, so we did kind of have to make sure that she was still in working order after we got all those parts fixed.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good. She's doing. She's doing right.
2: okay. It didn't sound as clunky as it normally does, but. Since we have made it to the end of the episode, this one's probably going to end up being shorter just because of how much Zach's going to need to cut. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, we can riff for like 20 straight minutes, baby. I could do this all night. I'm Captain America. <laughs> I can do
0: this all day, baby boy. Baby
2: boy! But, anyways, uh, as we make it to the end of the podcast, I just want to ask. The audience, a question if you guys don't mind, and I'm pulling it up from my phone. Um, all right, here we go. The yep. audience, this is the question for you Can you believe that Megan did another fucking story about cannibals?
0: Oh my god, don't ask me. I don't want to hear. Sorry, me.
2: honey, already added it to you. Um, listen, okay, so,
1: I Okay. Tell
0: and the interesting there's
1: your yeah, no.
2: strike three for the night. Okay. Oh. Oh, I'll, I'll walk away. I'll, I'll
0: just. Oh, oh, well, if he's walking well, away, no, then that means... no, 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 no. Um, shh, sh- this isn't about you anymore. Oh. It's my podcast, so lean in closely, and I have a one more question for you. What the fuck, history?
1: like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at The Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore Triumvirate underscore productions.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.